The Made to Move podcast is where we explore the science behind human movement and how to ditch diet culture. With the occasional rant or two about the madness within this healthcare system and fitness industry. I'm Christine Ebley, current physical therapy student slash personal trainer and former research assistant. Join me as I break down, reframe, and discuss with my fellow healthcare and fitness professionals as to how and why we've missed the mark. This is where you'll learn why you were made to move, no matter who you are. Hello, everybody. Thanks for popping in for another episode of Made to Move. I want to apologize. I'm not sure what's going on with my voice. (laughs) This just started happening uh, towards the end of the day, so it might sound a little different, but... Here we are. All right. So last episode, I harped pretty hard on why you should finish your workout feeling better than when you started, leaving the gym better than when you came in. I ended up down a bit of a rabbit hole on delayed onset muscle soreness, commonly known as DOMS, and how we should not use the degree of our soreness as our measuring stick to gauge how, quote, good our workout was, nor always seek to be sore. Since then, I realized I failed to thoroughly explain what delayed onset muscle soreness or DOMS actually is, or more accurately, what we think it is. Any regularly active person has likely experienced this at some point. It can range from mild discomfort to straight up inability to use that DOMS stricken muscle. What's funny though, is that despite most people understanding what it means when someone says that workout made me sore, Scientists have not been able to succinctly define muscle soreness and its physiological causes. However, we've certainly come a long way, and I want to share a little bit with you on that today. I want to take a step back from last episode for you here and outline what DOMS is, when it may be helpful in your training, and when it's not. So hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll have a better understanding about the hypothesized physiological underpinning behind what I said last week, that being sore is not inherently good or bad, but if we never let our muscles recover well from soreness, we can unintentionally hamper our progress and increase our risk for injury. So let's define DOMS. DOMS has essentially been attributed to muscle damage. So if you remember your gym teacher back in the glory days saying that soreness is from lactic acid, aka a byproduct of anaerobic metabolism in your muscles, that theory has actually been entirely thrown out. So no, it is not from lactic acid. Old news. Lactic acid gets cleared out within seconds after your activity and really does not contribute to DOMS at all. So if lactic acid isn't the culprit of muscle damage, then what is? Well, it's been widely accepted at this point in time that the muscle damage is largely due to what's called eccentric muscle contractions. So an eccentric muscle contraction is lengthening a muscle under tension. Now that sounds fancier than it is. Really all it is is the lowering or down part of a bicep curl, for example. So after you bend or curl your elbow up, you need to reset before performing another repetition. Doing this down portion slow and controlled instead of letting gravity just take over is really not that easy. And that's because your muscle, this case your bicep, is doing that eccentric contraction. It's the same thing with the down portion of a squat for your quads. Conversely, a concentric contraction are when you shorten the muscle or the up portion in the bicep curl or squat. Concentric contractions can still contribute to muscle damage, but they're just not doing as much of that damage as these eccentric contractions. So DOMS from muscle damage, predominantly from eccentric contractions. 
what these contractions do is they result in micro tears within your muscle. This is not a bad thing, but it makes sense, right? If you're lengthening something under tension, there could be a slight tear as a result because it's lengthening, kind of like a rubber band. Again, those tears are microscopic and happen within the muscle cell. So please don't confuse this with like an acute tendon rupture or something where the whole structure goes to shit because that's very, very different, the tears we're talking about. Once we have this muscle damage, inflammation follows. Here again is not where we demonize inflammation. It's a necessary signal to induce healing. Inflammation here is okay. Anyways, with inflammation comes chemical mediators to the damage site. So like prostaglandin, histamine, you're probably familiar with, bradykinin, kinin, however you want to say it, come into the damage site. And those chemical mediators now activate pain receptors. And pain receptors are called nociceptors if they're in your like muscles. So fancy word. The activation of these pain receptors from these chemical mediators is one hypothesis as to why muscle soreness is painful. Those inflammatory markers, as we call them, can also attract other cells called um, neutrophils, and those neutrophils generate free radicals. So these free radicals could potentially continue to give more muscle damage to the cell structure. They're just kind of going around punching holes. And that would explain why some of the muscle soreness is delayed. This is all a long cellular cascade, and so that takes time, hence the delayed and delayed onset muscle soreness. These holes in the scaffolding allow proteins that hang out in the cell to leak out and things that usually are outside the cell to get in. So things are getting a bit out of order and all that chaos furthers inflammation. All this disruption in the cell, and especially the in and out of proteins within the cell from the the damage, can lead to some swelling. This additive minor swelling in the discombobulated muscle cells may further contribute to activating pain receptors from the additional tension to give us what we know and love, our muscle soreness. Exercise-induced muscle damage is the term that basically sums up all those technical things I discussed above. All those things happen and result muscle damage from exercise. And there has been a correlation between this muscle damage and delayed onset muscle soreness, which is why we have the suspicion that the former exercise-induced muscle damage causes the latter, DOMS. That's more or less accepted right now, but it is really variable among people and will subside as you continue to train like we talked about in the last episode. To recap that, as your body successfully adapts to be able to handle the exercise stimulus from repeated exposure, aka training, along with adequate time to repair said muscle damage or recover, you will no longer feel sore after doing a familiar workout. So now you're probably thinking, whoa, 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 what, Christine? Didn't you say last episode you should not be chasing after soreness during exercise all the time? Now today, the way you just laid that all out, makes it sound like we need to get sore to know we induced enough muscle damage inherently necessary to get these physiological adaptations, more commonly known as hashtag gains. To that, I say, yes, you are correct. So some have hypothesized that this muscle damage is the key to muscle growth or hypertrophy. Same thing, growing your muscles, the fancy word for that is hypertrophy. So many say that specifically muscle growth 
is related to delayed onset muscle soreness. Based on what we've talked about so far regarding what DOMS is, that should make sense. If your fitness goal is to gain muscle mass, then honestly, muscle soreness can be a indicator, just one, that you're inducing some growth. What I am against is being sore everywhere all the time. It's easy to hear what I'm saying. Hear soreness means muscle growth and then think, okay, I want to be sore a lot of the time because that means I'm always hitting my goal and growing my muscles. That's where we need to be careful. Things get a little off base. If you're sore all the time within the same muscle group, then you didn't really ever recover. So you're not necessarily getting that full growth, right? Practically, this would mean, for example, it's not super wise to lift the same muscle group two days in a row. If you can't walk up the stairs from leg day, maybe tomorrow do chest and not more legs. Secondly, and this is important, there are a couple different mechanisms that do induce hypertrophy. It's not super clear, at least to my knowledge, and I could be wrong or behind on the research, but not all hypertrophic processes may need muscle damage to be effective. So confusing, right? Welcome to science. We just don't know. Yes, muscle damage is related to muscle soreness, which tends to be related to growth. But is that the only way to get growth? Is it just that one linear path? We don't totally know yet. So from the article that shaped most of this episode, all that we discussed so far is theoretical. And there has not been much evidence to indicate a direct relationship between DOMS and muscle growth or hypertrophy. It all makes sense theoretically, like I just lined out and you see why, but we don't have the data to directly say that. We have a bunch of different studies and we can kind of put together this picture at least from 2013 when this article was published, which was a bit ago, we didn't have the studies to say, oh yes, the degree in which people report soreness is directly correlated with the degree of their muscle damage. So it's a little foggy. Taken together, this means soreness could be one indicator that growth is occurring, but it may not be the sole indicator. And just because you're not sore, doesn't mean you're not still undergoing this remodeling and hypertrophic changes. So that's really important. Let me say that again. Just because you are not sore does not mean you are not still undergoing muscle changes. A lot of double negatives. No, you don't need to be sore to get your gains, but it might help if you're a little sore and you can handle it properly. Then again, it might not be a definitive proof that you're going to reach your, your goals because there is such variability between actual muscle damage and DOMS. Meaning you very well could have two people with the same amount of damage and one is a little sore and the other one's like pretty darn sore. And that's just due to some complicated genetic differences that I don't fully understand. And I will sum up by saying genetic differences. <laughs> so it's not a perfect science yet. Whoever tries to tell you otherwise is not dumb, is not trying to mislead you, but maybe trying to get a definite answer out of an indefinite and evolving theory. Frustrating? Welcome to the world of science where uncertainty pervades and leads. Okay, so let's back up. So what does it mean 
No, you don't need to be sore to get gains, but it might help if you handle it properly. Handling it properly equals optimizing recovery. I talked about why that was important last episode, but I'm going to tell you technically why. (laughs) So when a muscle group is sore, here are some solid tips on how to handle it wisely and why to do so. Muscle damage, if severe, can reduce your force generation up to like 50%. Have you ever tried to carry something heavy after your arms are tanked? It's hard. Way harder than it would be normally. And that's because it's muscle damage-induced force reduction. Because of this, when you're sore, don't go and try to do the same workout at the same intensity that got you sore in the first place. Intensity is key there. You want to take it down a notch. Take it easy because you're not going to be able to produce the same amount of force and perform at that same level that you initially had. If you try to do so and just kind of throw out everything I just said, you could be at risk for injury because the load will exceed your now lowered capacity. So please avoid that. Bring down the intensity. Number two, and this is important, pain associated with delayed onset muscle soreness can impact your motor patterns. Um, It's not like a guarantee. It has variance, but it's certainly something to be aware of. Basically, that means your form is at risk uh, from the pain that is soreness. (laughs) And obviously, with changing in form, increases risk for injury. Doesn't mean you're going to get injured. It just increases risk. The body takes the path of least resistance. And if that path of least resistance is now altered from good form, this could lead to weird muscle activation patterns and the biomechanics can get a little wonky. And again, that just all ultimately leads to increase of injury if you push that intensity too much to what you can handle. Number one, your force capacity decreases, so lower your intensity. And number two, your motor patterns may be different from the pain, so lower your intensity. End game, lower your intensity if you're sore. Okay, there it is. So now I hope you feel like you have a relative handle on what we think soreness is at this point in time how to best adapt your training to being sore, aka scale it back, and what being sore can tell you and the limits to what it can tell you. To sum everything up in one sentence, I will directly quote the skillfully and intelligently written article, again, in which I pulled this episode's information. The applicability of DOMS in assessing workout quality is inherently limited. And it, therefore, should not be used as a definitive gauge of results. Thank you guys for hanging out with me today. I'll be back with more in a couple of weeks.